in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome to a brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Here from the Top 10 Show, I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nose. This is a show we do each and every week for our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. So yeah. please join us over there. They send in whatever they'd like us to talk about, uh, questions, topics, who knows what it is. We don't until we read the email. So it is a surprise to us each and every week. And I believe it is your turn to start. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's the joy of this uh, of this thing. So come be a part of it, for God's sakes. Why are you sitting on the sidelines? Come be a part of the Patreon. You get to get involved with us and have a little fun with us. And who wouldn't need that now with all the madness coming back again yet, Matt? Uh, yet again, Matt. So I uh, uh, don't want to get into it, but heartbreaking to see. All right, Paul Creed, here we go. Uh, this is a long one, uh, so let's get into it. Hi, guys. Hope you're well. I'm going to preface this with it's a very subjective question, and these thoughts are mine, and others will definitely have other opinions Sorry, it's a bit of a long one, just some context. All right, sports-related and specifically team sports over the world. I believe there are seven well-followed team sports. Baseball, which for me is a game that's far too long and subsequently hard to follow because of its length and ultimately boring. Cricket, exactly the same as baseball, far, far too long. It literally goes on for days. American football, so stop-start. It feels like the game was devised around getting in TV advertisements. How dare you? Rugby, a similar game, which is much faster but absolutely brutal. Ice hockey, an entertaining watch but so fast it can be hard to follow the puck as it's so small. Basketball, a really entertaining sport, but has the problem that at every play, the team attacking are almost always expected to score. I'm oversimplifying it, but it explains why games regularly end, end with both teams having scored over 100 points. doesn't happen if you don't score a lot. And finally, football, which is soccer to the Americans, the greatest of the team sports for me, a fast-flowing game pretty much constantly. Edge of your seat for nine minutes. Well, I don't know if yeah. it's edge of your seat for Bad 90 minutes. Pushing it. Often low scoring, the only sport where a nil-nil draw can be a thoroughly entertaining 90 minutes of action, sure, but that's yeah. more often, that's less than, anyway, the question yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah, it happens way less than you think. The question, I know it's growing with MLS, but do you think, but why do you think soccer hasn't gotten bigger in the U.S. considering both the game itself and its worldwide appeal? Follow up, Matt, would, what would you get, what would get you into following soccer, if anything, and John, what would get you to follow MLS team as well as Liverpool? Thanks for taking my question, your friend Paul Cree. P.S. Still loving doing my podcast, seems to be going well, and John, we'd love to have you on as a guest anytime, buddy. The 5 on film podcast can be 6 on film that week. Sure. Uh, yeah, let's make it happen, Paul. You've been a very, very loyal fan. I'm down to do it. Um, Matt, um, uh, why do you think soccer isn't as big in the U.S.? And what would get you to follow soccer, my man, or football, whatever you want to call it? What? How about how about we start with a little back and forth on these breakdowns of the sports? <laughs> yes, let's do it. This uh, could base, be the whole show, this question. This could be the whole show. <laughs> so just strap in, everybody. Exactly. It's a good question, Paul. And there's a yeah. lot to to chew through here. Sure. And some admonishment coming your way from both of us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, baseball, how how do you think that assessment is? I think that seems relatively fair. Yeah, I think so, too. It, it doesn't seem mean-spirited necessarily, but no. it is far too long. Yes, it's been an issue for fans here in America as well. Uh, and they've, they put a 24-second clock or whatever it is on batters or 10, 12, 15-second clock 
on batter so they can't pull the Nomar where they're readjusting all yeah, the straps the in between swings. Yeah, so Fucking they God. understand it's taking too long. Yeah, it does. It And if you've never watched the sport, I can't even imagine trying to get into it. Cricket, yeah. I've never watched outside of clips Yeah, uh, of great catches. Like there was one a week ago. Uh, it was on a female national team, and oh. it was going out of bounds. She jumps, grabbed it, threw it back into inbounds. Wow. And then as soon as she landed, jumped back inbounds and then caught it before it hit the ground. Damn. Yeah, and you're like, that's an excellent play. Uh, I didn't know that was the rule until right now. That's really cool. Good for you. Uh, Good for you. Good for you. I know they had to come up with like speed cricket because the games sometimes can't take days. That's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I I don't understand that. No, it's it's not siege warfare. Yeah. What what's the sport if it takes two days? You know. But it clearly has enough fans for it to still be around, even though it takes days to finish a game. So crazy. Yeah, I, I don't have the slightest clue how big those leagues are and what kind of numbers they generate as far as eyeballs. Yeah. Um, American football, at this point, it is kind of made for TV. Right. Uh, but I also but I also think that that game is so brutal. I don't think, uh, you know, people take rugby as brutal. No, it ain't like football, man. I mean, the, there's a brutality in football. So if you were to have that be a suspended suspe- – if you were to have a sustained amount of time, the damage would be – excruciating to witness on the physical body, right? It's already yeah. tough to witness after they've left the game, but during the game, you know, you'd have even more people going down, more injuries. So you have to have a stop and start to let the body recover a little bit. Uh, and so it can go into, in essence, a mini car crash almost on every play. Yeah. Yeah. When I watch football now, I just see an injury on every play. <laughs> oh, no shit. No shit. No shit. And Some it, of the hits. Oh. It's just painful. It's like, uh, oh, oh, okay. He's walking. He's walking. That's fine. Seems That's okay. fine. Um, yeah, especially those defenseless receiver hits, Matt. Jesus Christ. I know. They've they've thankfully taken a lot of that out. The guys that used to cross over the middle, and you can go watch compilations yeah. on YouTube of, oh. I mean, just getting laid out. Yeah. Their bell is flat out rung. And I just, now looking at it, you're like, oh, my God, what kind of damage did that dude just do to his brain? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the time, you weren't thinking about that. I mean, I was a little kid for a bunch of these clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, rugby, I, I've seen clips, but I haven't watched. Yeah, rugby can be brutal, but it's not like football, where these guys are slamming into each other all across yeah. the line and behind the line once the receivers get into the open field or whatever. Like, there's a lot of people hitting each other at the same time. With rugby, there's a lot of running around. There are the scrums. But the scrums are not people like slamming into each other. Like they're 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 circled around each other, arms around each other, and then they're reaching for the ball. The ball gets uh, hiked backwards. It doesn't mean that there isn't a brutal aspect to rugby. There is, but it's I don't think it's it's as brutal as as American football because every single player is hitting somebody uh, every play almost, and I don't think that happens in rugby quite as much. That's yeah. my own two cents. Yeah, uh, I you just can't. The way American football, there are certain points where you can line up a hit well in yes. advance. Yes. And it's rare. What I've seen of rugby is rare for, say, someone on the offensive side to be that distracted by incoming yes. action to be lined up. Right. I mean, full on. Sometimes you see it and you're like, oh, this dude is about to get rocked. <laughs> and it's perfectly legal. This yeah. is just one of those anomalies. The, the worst are, yeah. if you've never watched American football, 
Go watch quarterbacks getting tackled from behind in the Oof. pocket. Oh, oh my man. God. You just, he's standing there, and then from behind, this 250-pound man yeah, comes running dude. out of nowhere, and you see the dude's head snap back 90 degrees because the amount of force that's coming yeah. behind him. Just uh, watch Joe Montana getting hit by, was it Leonard Marshall in the playoffs? Oh, my God. The, the way his neck snaps literally over Marshall's shoulder and his – feet go under Marshall's body. He just devastated. It looks like a rubber band. His body turns into a rubber band. It is horrific to watch. You're absolutely right, Matt. These quarterbacks, when they get blindsided, their bodies are just like flailing. It's not. They're ragdolls. Yeah, ragdolls. And they get, I've seen guys come up with a ton of turf (sighs) in the top of their face mask because their head got pushed down as it was going down in the force. Or seen people break clavicles and. Oh, yeah uh concuss themselves really hard yeah. um like uh you know destroyed their shoulder going down too hard uh it's just yeah. it's brutal but the stop and start it can get frustrating yeah sure 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 i can understand that fully um basketball the expected to score it's a tweak in the rules so the defenses yeah. can no longer inhibit because the amazingly they found that more points he makes people happy yeah, there's no hand-checking defense like there was in the past. You can't exactly. pull the Bill Lambeer, Pistons-type, Knicks-type defense anymore in the lane. Yeah, uh, you can run so, a zone every once and again. Right. Uh, well, if you have the stones to do it, most guys go into zone and then come out of zone. Just a little, you know, gamesmanship yeah. right in the middle of the game. <laughs> uh, but, the, I mean, expected to score, yeah, on some level, I guess that's kind of accurate. Right. But it doesn't make the games any less exciting just because they're scoring a lot, you know? It should make it more exciting. Yeah, you would imagine so because they're still tight. The games are still tight. And I think the game has become more European, so it's ironic that Paul might have a little bit of issue with basketball because basketball over the last 20 years, as more and more European players have come into the system and as more and more uh, Olympic teams and World Cup basketball teams from the U.S., go and compete in those international competitions they've had to kind of change the game and as these coaches have come in and kind of kind of uh, influenced game plans to have more shooting from the outside more stuff from the elbow more pick and roll stuff more of that stuff that allows three pointers uh, three point shooters to flourish uh, you've become you've spent less time in the lane so you're taking advantage of the situations where um, you don't even have to uh, run things through the lane I mean Giannis went old school certainly in game six, but that rarely happens. And in game four, three or four, where he was scoring a crap ton from five feet away from the basket, but it rarely happens nowadays. So, I mean, it's European influence. Well, considering he lives in Britain and, you know, they're kind of distancing themselves from the whole word European vibe. You're right. They're out of the EU. That's so the as point. the game has become <laughs> slightly more European, Paul is slowly but surely been like, I don't like this. I can't put my <laughs> finger on it. Luca, oh. who? Oh, yeah, that's exactly. I don't like that chitch at the end. How many good British ball players have there ever been? So you know, dude, it's a small fair. list. <laughs> it's a, it's like it's a small list. <laughs> Luau Deng is on that list. <laughs> so uh, I forget that Luau Deng is pretty. He played for the Brits, yeah. In twenty twelve, <laughs> when was it in London? Twenty twelve. That's right, because Brazil was twenty sixteen. Um. Oh shit! I so think here. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Man. I was going to say, I think that's a that's a problem with our Olympic team 
we're settling for too many threes as opposed oh, yeah. to driving. We have guys on there that that drive, but yeah, we're shooting. You know, against the Ram, we had a lot of them, but at the same time, like that's going to bite you in the ass. Can someone please drive to the lane? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude, the list is five players long for Great Britain. <laughs> Who you yeah. got? Luol Deng. Uh huh. Ben Gordon, which I forgot, he was born in London, England. Uh. Although he was raised in the States. Yeah, he's... He grew up in... His parents were Jamaican and he grew up in the States. But yeah, but he's a British citizen. So it counts, I guess. James Donaldson. Remember James Donaldson? Not the, off the top of my head. The, the, he had the... Who did he play team. for? Uh, Seattle, the Clippers and the Mavericks, the Knicks and the Jazz. He had that kind of handlebar thing uh, that he did. A black player. Um, John Amici. Oh, uh, sure. I remember him. I looked him up. He's the first NBA player in history to come out as gay. Um, oh, in the nineteen seventies, like seventy. Uh, no, he started in ninety-five. No, 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 no not, yeah, no. I'm sorry, oh, I was James Donaldson, with the, oh, James uh, Donaldson. the football player. Oh, oh, right, right, right. That guy. Yes, was, yes, yes. Uh, teammates with um, the the dad from Webster, and he was in Blazing Saddles. Alex Karras. Yeah, Alex yeah. Karras. Yeah, they were teammates. That's right. Anyway, it was the first like everybody knew he was, but we didn't talk about it all that much. Yeah, yeah. So John Amici for the and then OG Ananobi. I remember Ananobi. OG's British. I didn't OG know that. OG is British. Yeah, I did not know that. Still only twenty three years old. Well, he'll. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> he was born in London to Nigerian parents in ninety seven, but moved to the USA when he was four years old. So I guess it still counts. But you know, it's well, yeah. But I mean, if you're pulling at him and Luol Deng and yeah. Ben Gordon, this, I, how many of these are homegrown talents? Yeah, exactly. It's fine, though. How Good many of you. them are white homegrown talents from Britain? I think zero. Well, I don't even think that. I mean, <laughs> grew up in Britain and lived in Britain. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And lived in Britain. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah Actually yeah. British. Yeah. Prefers yeah. tea to coffee. Like <laughs> something. Give me something. As opposed to his parents worked for whoever and he was born there at the time and <laughs> moved here at a young age such that they have no recollection uh, or memory of it. I, I don't think that fucking counts. We're going to the Bucks, man. You want anything? Yes. I'll take a spot of Earl Grey. If that's yeah. Right. We, uh, yeah. And I get you no tea, man. I get you no tea. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that maybe Paul's is more of a, we've never been good at this. That's why yes. a little more. Of a and grape. then, Football, the zero zero draw can be entertaining. It can be. It's yeah. not always true, but it can no. be. Right. It can be. And when it is, it is. You feel the tension up in those last few oh, moments yeah. if it's really good. Yes. You're like, is anybody going to, oh, break one? Oh, is this going to be finally it? Um, yeah. But there are other games where we're like, boy, you guys both played like ass. Like, I yeah. don't think anybody deserved to score in this one. Um, yeah, exactly. Although that's much rarer from what I've seen. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It is much more rare. Yeah. Um. So I will, you know, but uh, his other question was, Matt, uh, he says, um, so what do you think soccer hasn't gotten bigger in the U.S.? Do you want to take this? I mean, I got some thoughts on that, but do you want to take it? If you have concrete thoughts, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's 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 because of all the sports you just almost all the sports you listed here, man. We're more diverted our attention to these other sports, which pay way more money. So our greatest athletes yeah. go and play those sports. That's the reason. And also, we haven't been able to make inroads 
uh, in the past uh, in bigger clubs. Like, yeah, you have the Landon Donovan Everton every once in a while or Brian McBride over at Tottenham Hotspur, but it's really rare. Or even Alexi Lalas when he played, I think, for Inter or Real or AC, one of those over there. And so he, you know, they're, they're the occasional ones, but that is changing over the last mm-hmm. few years. More younger Americans have been brought into these bigger club systems um, to be part. I mean, Sergio Dest, I think, just turned down Bayern Munich and he's going to stay at Barcelona. So you're seeing the younger players, uh, Chris Pulisic over at Chelsea. So our guys, this was a bit of a lull. I feel like this is sure. like uh, the ocean. This is the water going in. And then now the, this tidal wave of talent is going to come on to the American roster and we are going to change how we play football. The problem is having coaches like Greg Burhalter or Bradley or these kind of boring-ass coaches that play the American style of football, it's okay. the reason we're not going to get to the next level. So until we bring in a coach, and it could be an American coach who goes and learns how to – Jesse Marsh is doing great work there in, in, in with uh, RB Leipzig, I think, in uh, in Germany. If okay. you bring an American coach with European styles, European sensibilities combined with that grit of American toughness – I think that's going to be an interesting team that a lot of Americans are going to get behind. And clearly, they get behind the women's national team because they're winners, and that matters. Winning in America fucking matters. It matters. So people will go and support that and go large numbers. So I think it's because we're so diverted, and we don't have the best players playing in the MLS. You know, if we had people like Ronaldo and their prime or, or Messi in their prime, I think MLS would be would shoot into the stratosphere, but right now it's a lot of homegrown talent. They are bringing over talent now that's a little bit younger than they used to be when they first started. But you can't argue they keep expanding, and they're in their what twenty eighth year of existence. So, pretty incredible stuff. Um, yeah, I think you bring up two excellent points. One, hmm. all the best stars are never going to play here. Yeah, and you need star power to make you know inroads into this country. Um, and the, oh, sorry, three points. The, the fact that the national team men's on the men's side traditionally get their asses kicked. Yeah. I mean, we have good showings, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we're never any real threat to do anything. Yeah. Um, and the women's has gained traction, but you kind of need both of them churning to take this sport that nobody really watches. Right. And elevate it above. But the, the first point that you brought up has been one that I think applies to so many different sports mm-hmm. is why we don't dominate it. It's like, well, because they get paid. So much more to do these other sports. I mean, I in my head, I just started thinking about all the athletes that only exist here in sports hmm. crushing and soccer. Oh my god, dude! If, dude, if you were, if the NHL, I mean, NFL, and NBA folded tomorrow and it was just MLS, dude, oh my, we would kill the world. You, LeBron, the, can you please, imagine if LeBron had please. played Kobe? Just, oh just Nick, Kobe, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, like De'Aaron Fox is a speedster. Yeah. Or John Morant. Or imagine Derrick Henry. Yeah. Derrick Henry <laughs> is a fullback. Imagine Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry as a full out of the defense coming in. Yes. <laughs> Who's going to take is, him down? For those that don't know, so if you follow rugby, find the biggest South Pacific guy that you can. And that dude can now run faster than everybody on your team. And he is agile and athletic. It is yes. amazing to watch. Yes. Dude, yes. he just, he gets up to speed so quick and you're like, dude, out of the, get out of the way. Get out of, I can't imagine being on the other side of that and be like, I have to tackle this guy. It's, it's going to be around the feet. I'm going for his feet. 
I'm going to try to take the ball off this guy, but I'm not. It might not end well. Right dude, he is going to not even <laughs> full extend stiff arm and throw you five yards. Yeah. But imagine him. I just started going through it. That's the incentive here. If, if yeah, all dude. those teams somehow transplanted here and they could pay the money they do, then we would, <sighs> those athletes would switch to soccer. Imagine how many headers. I mean, we'd win 15 nothing. Like every game. I mean, so we, we, we regularly grow six, five to seven foot people who are Americans here in the country to play basketball. Yes. It wouldn't be an issue to be able to get plus all those great sports minds. Imagine Popovich as a soccer coach or yeah. Belichick as a soccer coach. Fuck you. We would dominate the world. Brazil can kiss my ass with their technical bullshit. We would stop all over them, Spain, France, England. Fuck you. The United States would kill everybody, dude. It's true. I, I bet you right now. Yeah. Right now that you could take and put straight in to the defensive side, Drew Holiday, and he mm. can stop every person attacking and just kick yeah. the ball out. He doesn't need to be able to dribble. I bet right. you he could play at a decent level in a few years. Mm-hmm. If there's a role for him somewhere out there like that, she's like, we yeah. don't ever need you to really score. Just stop dudes. Who's going to, who's going to stop Michael Jordan from scoring like 500 fucking goals. I, yeah. I wasn't I even mean, thinking please. of Jordan. I mean, you know I mean, please or KD. Not even fair. Make, make KD the goalkeeper. Good night. Well, you think you're going to get past the spider? Good night, dude. Just, just those things, you know, imagine, oh. imagine on corner kicks and in front of the goal, you have <laughs> Kevin Garnett. Garnett. <laughs> just, just ridiculous, man. Kevin got either as a goalie or as a dude just waiting there, yeah. like headed in. A striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good and luck be- stopping and- Kevin Garnett. And, pa- and Paul, before you start wandering into the Peter Crouch situation, Peter Crouch is in a remotely fucking close of an athlete as Kevin Garnett or Kevin Durant, even though about the same height and about the same body. Those guys are just built yeah. of stronger stock. And so they would absolutely lay claim to spots in the middle and be just getting above it and there's nothing and then they jump just standing they're they're already like in a better position than most of those uh soccer players oh and then they jump where they get you about two feet away from any defender and just head that ball into the net they'd have to make the net smaller they'd have to make the goal smaller so it increased the level of difficulty i guarantee you or larger or larger scoring yeah right put put Kawhi in goal oh Fucking hell. Good luck getting past him. <laughs> good luck. I mean, if he doesn't have the bad knee, but I'm just saying, uh, those paws alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a huge dimension to his yeah. ability. It's like he's on the ground and he's got a flail for it, where suddenly he has these mitts that can catch yeah. the ball at any point. Uh, ridiculous. And and the number 10s coming out of the midfield who are essentially point guards in the midfield. You could have Dwayne Wade. You could have yeah, Chris Kyrie Paul. Irving. You could have Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul. Oh, my God. What do you think you're good? Chris Paul would take dives like a motherfucker oh, and get red cards so and yellows bad. on your so ass. You, you would hate Chris Paul, but he'd be essentially the new Messi. He'd be so great at what he did, you know? Oh, dude. Yeah. I, I salivate thinking about it. I salivate thinking. But that's why when you see the Olympics, uh, all these sports that, yeah. Other countries, they just like, well, we don't have, we got a lot of people, but we just don't yeah. have enough. We're already dominating. Yeah. And all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what, what would get me into MLS? Yeah, we'll get you into MLS for soccer. Um, I don't know. 
There's a Chicago team, the Chicago Fire. No, I think I would try and follow something out here because it'd be easier to watch. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they've got two out here, but LAFC yeah, and but LA there's Galaxy. What, the Kraken up in Seattle. Well, that's the that's a hockey team. That's not a soccer oh, it's team. Um, yeah. Portland's got a soccer team then, don't yes, they? Yes, the Timbers. There you yes. go, the Timbers. Yes. Um, just pick somebody out here and follow them out here. Okay. Just being in the same time zone makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, tw- sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that. Please go ahead. There's 27 teams in the MLS. So that tells you this is, and, and they keep expanding. You don't expand when your product is not being watched. You know what I'm saying? The, they're coming out for these games. They're the teams that can't put audience or butts in seats. Those teams fold and other teams take their place. Atlanta United has had regularly, I think 30 to 40 to 50,000 people in their stadium, almost every game, you know, uh, the, who, is, who are the newer ones that have come? FC Cincinnati sells out all the time. Yeah, Chicago Fire is still part of this. Then you've got Montreal, teams in Montreal, New York City, FC Columbus, Crew, Philadelphia Union, Orlando City is, I got a firm. Oh, Nashville's in second place. Nashville is new. And they're, they're loading up people there. You got, you've got so many people. You've got Seattle, Colorado, Minnesota. United is also relatively new. Uh, yeah, the Timbers, Houston Dynamo still around, the da- FC Dallas. San Jose Earthquakes, Vancouver Whitecaps, and Austin FC is another new team. Austin, Texas has a motherfucking MLS team. So the, the, it's still it's quite successful for what it is at what it is. And these owners now are building soccer-specific stadiums uh, for the yes. last few years. So they're making a good amount of profit. And the cavernous sounds uh, replicate what you'd hear in bigger stadiums in Europe. It's not quite the same but it's relative to sure. the sound. So you're getting loud noises in these games. I mean, the Timbers, essentially, that's a European-style soccer you're watching in terms of the fandom. Like, they bring massive banners. Uh, they do songs. They have, you know, constantly beating your know, flares. All kinds of shit happens out there. So, yeah, I mean, there is there is a fervent, fervent soccer uh, fandom here in the United States that yeah. supports the MLS, yeah. And if the other owners are just willing to let the franchises that fail fail, right? You know they don't feel that they need to bail them out. I think that's yeah. kind of smart too, because I somewhere like Austin, they just don't have the population base to, to sustain, right? In my opinion, I, I don't know anything about the logistics of how large their stadium is and whatnot, but it's a small town, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and uh, you need to get people to come out all the time. Yeah, you know, especially with the TV ratings low, you need to generate in house to pay all these bills. Yeah, uh, but good luck to him. I'm not rooting against it. Yeah, look, I mean, let's look at the numbers here real quick. David Tepper recently just paid $325 million for his expansion team in Charlotte to be part of the league. $325 million, okay? They, uh, when, when uh, not Bomber, but uh, when Sterling bought the Clippers, he bought them for way cheaper than that. So well, think about that in terms of money is what I'm saying. Yeah, I would say more, more so Philly- like 15 years ago, whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Got sold for a pittance. The Bucks, before their new ownership, right, did not sell for all that much compared yeah. to what their value is now, just with all the streaming deals. Then, then MLS has got to have some good streaming deals because I don't see them popping up in regular channels. So they get some sure. sort of numbers there. If you're going to yeah. charge 325 to get in, you need to be generating tremendous, you know, exactly. uh, revenue. 
They've got the revenue on, on with the ESPN deal. They got the revenue with Fox Sports. They got the revenue with the local channels as well in their markets. But yeah, I mean, Toronto FC, when they came into the league in, in 2007, it mm-hmm. was $10 million to buy to get in. Just $10 million in 2007. Yeah. That isn't that long ago. Now it's three twenty-five. 23 teams that played in MLS, though, have combined for a $100 million loss, even though... In 2018, the league made $800 million in revenue. So that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. Atlanta Atlanta made $7 million uh, a profit. But Cincinnati and Nashville each paid $150 million to be in the league. St. Louis and Sacramento paid $200 million to be part of the league as well. So attendance figures are up. Money is up. Uh, uh, TV figures, viewing figures are up and the standard of play is up and attendances are up. So yeah, it's happening. Um, and Paul, I mean, you're getting the benefit of soccer that has been in your country for century for over a century. But if True. you were back in the 1800s, I bet you'd be going like, how come football isn't catching on in England? You wouldn't see, you'd see the same level of stadiums, the same, maybe a comparable level of play. So we're building to where the MLS is going to be one of the world powers in terms of a league down the road. And when they can start affording to pay $100 million for a player, that's going to change the game. When they can lure a European player to come to MLS and play, that's going to change the game. And they're working towards that. And it's a very smart business model. Very smart business model, man. We'll see. We'll see if it's sustainable. That's true. We'll see if it's sustainable. With the increased buy-in numbers over the past just two, three years, it seems more like a pyramid scheme right now. <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, if, if you said it was 2018, they generated 800 and some odd million. Yeah. 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 In three years, you tell me that they've now jumped into the multi-billions in order to justify 300 and some odd million, $25 million buy-in. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, it's growing so at a huge race. Yeah. They've got to be projected race. growth over the next five to 10 years yeah, through the roof to justify that's the only reason or the looming TV contracts that they know coming up or are going, are going to go up by X. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they did lose a lot of money with the COVID situation. They lost a crap ton. And I think that's where they're going to have to kind of um, bounce back from uh, this is in December of 2020. Don Garber, who's the commissioner yeah. said uh, they lost about a billion dollars in revenue from uh the loss of the season so that's that's tough for a, a burgeoning still somewhat building yes. to take that's a tough hit you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so. into their overall you know they don't have the established reserves of other right sports leagues in this country right right but the time is coming i think the time is coming and perhaps the, you know and, and paul i am a dc united fan i you know i've been a dc united fan since the inaugural season 96 I went to multiple games for the first four years of its existence before I moved to uh, move to LA, and I went and saw them all the time. Uh, you know, and I went and saw the MLS Cup when they beat Kansas City in Carson, California. I think two thousand one or two thousand two. I was there and watched that game. I was in one of the back rows of Carson and and watched and cheered on my DC United win the game. So I have been a, a fervent DC United fan. We just haven't been good for many for a long time so i haven't been like crazy excited about them and there's just something about liverpool and the heritage of liverpool that makes me a stronger fan than dc united is in the mls once dc united becomes good again 
I'll be back on that train and cheering it and going for it and all that jazz. But sure, you know, it's it's just not. They Ben Olson's been a crap coach for them for so many years. They finally got rid of him, and they have to rebuild. So it's just going to take some time. Like right now, where they're ranked eighth right now in the league in their respective conference, which isn't bad. Because they've been near the bottom for majority of leagues, but mm. you know, I just don't watch them that often anymore. But I used to know every player on the roster for the first maybe eight years of its existence, and then it started crap in the bed, and I was like, eh, "I'm going to move on." I tried, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, congratulations, Paul. This could be the first ever time we just answered <laughs> one question we for did. the entirety of the show. Jesus Christ. 32 minutes. Well, we should wrap it up, I guess. We should wrap it up. <laughs> you get a little sports talk for 32 minutes of a, of a show. We hope you enjoyed. Yeah. I hope we haven't uh, turned any of y'all off. Thank you for listening and watching yeah. this episode of Topic Thunder. Uh, Matt, what do we have to tell him? What do we have to tell him here? Anything? Uh, please, uh, if you'd like to join the show, uh, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. You can send in your questions and topics, whatever you'd like as we just showed right there that we are more than happy to talk about one question over an entire show. That's how good that question was. Good for you, Paul. Uh, Please follow the show at top 10 show. All spelled out on Twitter and on Instagram and YouTube. It was forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So hit us up over there and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Yeah. You can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of topic. Thunder.